now that I'm reconnected to my feminine, I'm not so attached to those identities and that role of who I am or whatever, because you let go of that. And that's like you let go of these ideas of what you should be, who you should be, what you're what you're labeled as, because it doesn't really matter because all of that is impermanent. It's going to change. It's going to change. It's like the way we if we get attached to what we look like, or if we get attached to our job or our title, like things change. We could lose our job. We could lose our house. We could like letting go of all of that this detachment coming back to your heart and your yourself at the everything else doesn't matter and then because i had to go through that journey that's really hard to connect to the women now intimate inspiring raw real self-love stripped down and amped up welcome to bed talks the podcast with your hosts sabrina and meg Bed Talks is fueled by our mission to use our voices and share no bullshit stories to heal, connect, and empower. We're here to highlight all facets of what it means to be a woman, letting go of ideals of perfectionism and embracing the struggles for the lessons they teach us. We get real and vulnerable with each other and our guests to inspire you to own your journey, embody your worth, and step into your power. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive deep. For this International Women's Day edition of Bed Talks, we invited a guest who is breaking down stigmas, diving into shadows, and empowering women as her full-time, heart-fueled mission. With her background and master's in public health, combined with her extensive yoga training and teaching, Stella Artuzo bridges the gap between the masculine and the feminine to help women feel empowered by their menstrual cycles rather than like victims of their hormones and bodies. This episode will inspire you to tune into the messages of your body so you can honor and harness the magic that you are. We get into the power of surrendering, body literacy, identity, and so much more. Stella has an incredible way of framing that time of the month that will make you want to celebrate the nature and divinity within. Before we get to the episode, we wanted to take a minute to let you know about our next live Bed Talks Moon Magic Workshop on Sunday, March 22nd from 10.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the beautiful Espace Zen in St. Henry, Montreal on St. Amboise. Such good vibes in that place. We are so excited. We chose this date because it falls directly between the spring equinox and the new moon in Aries. We're going to channel those themes into a morning of movement, connection, and expression. The day and night are equal during the equinox, which represents our own need for balance. So we're going to rebalance our body through eccentrics with a class centered on strength and energy through slow, intentional movement with a special focus on posture to help you stand tall and move forward into spring with confidence and energy that will feel so good. The yin to Meg's yang, whereas she will help us shine our light and express through movement, I will guide you through a new moon ritual that will help you unearth your desires, embrace your shadows, and connect to your inner flame. We'll open our hearts with a cacao ceremony, explore our shadows through journaling and oracle cards, and get intentional about what we're calling in for the spring equinox and fiery Aries season. Harness this action-oriented Aries energy to commit to yourself and your growth by joining the Bed Talks community in the flesh to express and reflect. Like we talk about in this episode with Stella, it's so important to honor our cyclical nature, and it's even more powerful to do it in community. We would love to see you Sunday, March 22nd. Check out all the details on oraclesisterhood.com and in our show notes. Now for the episode meditation to start? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes <clears throat> and maybe wiggle around on your seat, shifting from side to side and eventually finding your grounding, allowing both sit bones to, to rest down on your seat. Take a moment to not only arrive here physically, but give yourself permission to arrive here emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Relax your jaw, your tongue, your eyes. Let your shoulders drop away from your ears. Soften your belly. And we're going to take three grounding breaths. So we're going to inhale through the nose. Think about filling up both lungs 
And as you get to the top of your inhale, you're just going to hold it. Take a little pause and then exhale out from the mouth. Allow your lungs to empty fully. Do that two more times. One more time. Come back to your natural breath. And slowly flicker open your eyes. Bring yourself back into this space. Feeling yourself held by your chair, by the ground, by the earth. Welcome back. Mm, thank you. <laughs> I said that I hadn't cried. <laughs> she already cried. <laughs> In a recent podcast episode, so it was about time, and we can already check that box. Um, that was... That was incredible, and I just love the idea of centering yourself in space and time because it really puts you into yourself, but it really connects you to just the beyond, so it's this incredible divide. Um, so yes, yeah, so we are here with the beautiful Stella Artuzo, who is a menstrual, menstrual cycle educator and yoga instructor and podcast intro specialist. <laughs> Just adding that to my list. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yes. calming that vibe. I know that in, you know, we're often like going from one place to the next and what you just took us through took 90 seconds. So simple, so but short. so effective. Oh my gosh, so you know, so um, thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for being here today. And thank you for being in all the people's eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, we wanted to invite you on for many reasons, but we wanted to launch this episode coming up for International Women's Day. And who better to have on than somebody who specializes in the nature and magic that we hold within us. So I think that we're both really excited to put that kind of empowerment frame on having you here as a guest today around something that is so often shame, stigmatized. Um, mm. So yeah, so let's get into it. Yes. I'm going to cry already. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, so I'm yeah. so excited because it's been, I don't know how long, like six months to a year that people have been telling <laughs> me and Stella that we need to meet, like people putting us in contact. And we finally did. And honestly, I've been looking at your Instagram and like every time I read your captions, I'm like, ah, oh, this speaks to my soul. You know, everything you talk about is really about empowerment and connecting to just that feminine power that a lot of people have a hard time kind of talking about or we don't hear about or we only learn about later on in life, you know? So we feel that like disconnect, but everything you speak of, I'm like, yes, I feel it in my and body. And it's been a journey. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the reason why I could speak in that way so authentically is because I've gone through my own personal journey of reconnecting to my feminine because we're so disconnected. Our culture doesn't embrace that, doesn't encourage that. Exactly. So take us through a bit of that journey from being disconnected oh. to, you know, <laughs> maybe if there was a pivotal point about reconnecting to your feminine and where you are today. Yeah, that's a big journey. All right. So <laughs> we're take here for us there. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah. And okay, so let's start. Um I am a very sensitive creature, and I did not know this up until a few years ago, which is mind-blowing, um, because I grew up in a family where we weren't really encouraged to express our emotions, our feelings. Like It's like, yeah, you could be happy, awesome, and that's about it. You know, all the deeper, more icky, and tougher emotions that we 
as humans naturally feel and is healthy to feel wasn't really encouraged. Um, you know, shame, anxiety, overwhelm, uh, anger, frustration, mm -hmm. pain, grief, all these things, like even just crying is like, no, there's no time to cry. Be tough. Let's go get on with it. So somebody who is typically like myself, I'm such a sensitive creature, not being uh, taught how to process mm -hmm. those emotions allow, made it so that I actually shut everything down. It's like, okay, can only be happy. And I'm by nature a very happy and content and like I laugh a lot and I'm very, so I had no problems connecting to that part of myself, but everything else was disconnected. Yeah. And because those emotions were taught, like crying was a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Connecting to yourself and how you feel was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was a weakness. So I really connected more to the yang energies. Like I've got to be tough. Mm -hmm. I got to keep on going. I got to like not show emotions. I couldn't even, I, I blocked all of those emotions out so much that I didn't even, it was really hard for me to understand when people got emotional, like what's their problem? Like, just get up, get over it. Just move on, move on, move on, move on. So what does that mean? It was like, everything was just... I never processed Being trapped. Yes, mm -hmm. everything was trapped. Did you grow up with brothers? I grew up with a younger brother. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I just pictured this with like you with brothers. We like a bunch of boys. <laughs> but it's, I grew up with an old, a older sister, a younger brother, but more so is the mentality within like, you know, like a stern dad mm -hmm. or like very, very macho and like, yeah, not time, no time to process it. And then I myself felt the same. Like I felt those qualities of the feminine to be weak. And sure. like, I don't want to embody that. Yeah. Um, I ain't got time to cry or talk about my feelings. Like I got to go and do things and get things done. And like, mm -hmm. and I hung out with mostly boys. Like I loved hanging out with the boys. I didn't really hang out with girls. And so like, if you would look at me, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, we're like, is she's going to be a menstrual cycle educator? Yeah, right. No way. I love those contrasts. Like when you no, look back. Yeah, I was yeah. like with the big baggy jeans, like nothing to show my sexuality because, or I never wanted to be sexualized. Like I always loved my body and felt comfortable in my body, but I never wanted to like boys or men to look at me in a sexy way. And, and you know, I developed quite quickly. And so like, breasts at 13 but like bigger breasts and stuff like and then I you you're already as a, such a young child are getting gazes from men in an inappropriate way and I didn't like the way that felt so it was like baggy jeans sneakers nothing ever sexy like no I didn't want to be looked at in that way so yeah it was very young very tough very like secure like built up all these big barriers around my heart but what happens is when you build up these barriers around your heart to not feeling pain or anger or anxiety or anything else is that you don't feel everything else as well. Exactly. You block yourself up from really fully wholeheartedly experiencing love and all the other high vibrational emotions. I, I love, I've, I've off, I often reflect on that, how you can't just shut out the shadow and the bad and the sad if you're doing that like I just want to keep preaching that loud and clear for everyone in any generation you know that if you're shutting something out you're you're dimming the whole spectrum yeah. yeah. So what's what started to shine light on that darkness or when were you able to start to work through those barriers it was practicing yoga. Mm. So, and that was like really at the end of my 20s, my late 20s and early 30s, like my 30, 30, 31 was when I started to practice yoga and I started to realize like, hey, like even just after a regular yoga class, I feel so like it was grounded and centered, balanced, like, oh my goodness. And I was just starting to reconnect to who I was, like to this hard space that I never, I did not feel before. I never took the time to slow down and feel those emotions to just feel, period. And that transformation really happened after I did my yoga teacher training, which is like in itself, you know, a uh, full journey um and so not so much like hey okay i'm gonna go out and become a yoga teacher it's such a personal journey throughout that time of doing your training and then after that um i spent four months in mexico doing karma yoga 
at this yoga school and I was doing, you know, some silent meditation retreats and like just sitting and being with myself. And that's when it all like cracked open, like literally all the shit, all the conditioning, all the my coping mechanisms that I didn't even know I had put in place to protect myself literally shattered. And I remember after this, I was at a 10 day silent meditation retreat and just like I had to leave the space where we're all meditating and like run out and go down into another hall and just bawl my eyes out. Mm -hmm. I never cried. Like it, it takes a lot for me to cry even now. And I'm just like full, like releasing years and years and years of suppressed emotion and bald and bald and bald and bald. And I just had this feeling of like, like coming. I remember talking to the teacher afterwards. I was like, I feel like I'm home. This, the word home was just like, I just reconnected to my heart. And it took that. It took literally stepping outside of everything, getting out of the everyday, going to the space after a year long of a yoga journey. Like it didn't happen right away. It took a long time to, sh to break that and come back to my heart. I, I love what you just shared. Like, and especially the fact that it didn't take something like, I feel like a lot of people hit like a rock bottom to be able to open up to that. I'm, I find it really interesting that you actually kind of voluntarily took this time for yourself to go. And it was in silence that you found yourself, you know, it wasn't necessarily like something, maybe something dramatic happened before to bring you there. But I, I thought, I think it's really nice that it came in just like sitting with yourself. Did did you have the inner wisdom before that something was either missing or disconnected? Did you live in that kind of state of a little bit of resistance or something? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So it's like an interesting journey because even as I started, because I was so disconnected, even when I started my teacher training, I remember the, the main teacher at the studio was like... Um, so my previous life before being a yoga teacher, I worked a lot in public health and a lot of like um, NGOs and being of service. So when I told her, she knew a little bit about where I'm coming from. She's like, oh, so you're doing your teacher training to start to take care of yourself. And even then I was like, no, I'm just I want to be a yoga teacher. Like so disconnected, didn't realize this mm. journey of self-healing I'm going to be going through. And I'm like, no. I don't get it. It was always others for it others, always others, others, others. And you others. didn't I, even realize that you needed it so badly. So badly. Yeah. So badly. And like in my, all my studies, all my work was always service to others, community work, uh, public health, exercise therapy, all these things. And at the same time in my twenties and like, even I'd say up to my early thirties, like at least 30, I was living this super self-destructive life. Because I was so disconnected from myself, but I didn't realize how... We're like, preach! Yeah, we were like just talking about this. Like how we've been going through the motions, not knowing that we were like self-loathing and self-destructive. And I was like, wow, how did I not know? Like my self-worth was so low. I thought I was fine. Superficially, yeah. we're like, no, we're Superficially, good. it seemed like everything was great. And then beneath that, you're like, oh... I have no idea what I'm doing to myself right now. And it's dark. And I just didn't see that. Crazy. And, and, and that's why I don't regret one day. I don't yes. regret any heartbreak. I don't regret any failure. I don't regret any left turn. Um, because you know that you had to do all those things and keep falling down and keep yep. doing whatever the things were to get to where you are today. So now just a little glimpse into your relationships when you were in that kind of pre pre life or you know yeah. the and now is Stella your birth name? Stella is okay. My birth name, yeah. So in the before you stepped into the the true heart Stella, um, how are your intimate relationships then versus now or family relationships or just friend relate like any the yeah. divide? It's weird. I was like so I said this the whole self destructive mm -hmm. behavior. I was so like I was outwardly like I like I was loving and happy and like always in, like in a good mood but I was also a real asshole because I was so disconnected that I would be hurting people and not even realize it I um because I was so disconnected to myself it was like my 20s and I like I mean I know a lot of people that's what our 20s are for but like lots of partying lots of drinking um I was in a relationship with somebody 
for seven years and that ended when I was about 24. And so after that, it was like, hey, I was a one dude for seven years. Now it's like party time and like hooking up with all these random guys. Um <laughs> and doing it because, She's not like, <laughs> but doing it because <laughs> the the feminist nature in me was like I'm always very very rebellious and like my <laughs> feminist nature was, hey if dudes could, if guys could do it why can't Literally, I do it I know. I'm gonna do it right I don't care <laughs> but it was so self destructive because like, that's <sighs> not the way I wanted to connect my intention like there's nothing wrong yeah, if people want but it's what's the intention behind we it we were doing it as as out of like a rebellion as opposed from like our heart space you know it was like let me prove that like oh they can do it i can do it too like but they're they're doing it and it's not even right for them so why are we putting ourselves in that same position you know and how's the energy exchange what's going on with these people that Mm -hmm. you're hooking up with that don't that you are not even connecting with but i didn't realize in that and like what you said meg why you don't regret anything i don't even though it was like pretty self-destructive and you know not so cool with people around me right because when I was drunk we actually (laughs) I'll share this (laughs) I had an alter ego like my friends would call me evil queen Ursula are we the same person this is really weird mine mine was Margaret she was red wine Margaret she was horrible I killed her I'm like so good queen Ursula And the thing is, like, ju- like, <laughs> and not drunk Stella is an awesome human being. And then I'd get drunk and be a fucking asshole. I, so, Such an asshole. This is yeah. so crazy. Can we just, like, high five all yeah, around? Yeah, seriously. Like, we're all... Because <laughs> we're all, like... We're all assholes when we drink. Like, yeah. But to step into yourself, you feel that much more powerful because you got yourself here. Like, you went and did the work. You oh. went into the silence. You are telling those stories where you're like oh gosh is that should that be embarrassing oh I kind of slept around or I was drunk or I was Mm. that person you're like well again it's the shadow and if I Mm. block her out then the Stella who is today is not the whole Stella that's exactly it yes I had to I had to (laughs) go through that that she was coming out because she was repressed that's what I realized recently like my alter ego Mm. when I would get into huge fights with my sister when I was wasted and we would be triggering each other and I'd be so angry and like mean it was like who who is that? But that's the part of myself that I never acknowledged that I never gave space to speak up. So when we're our alter egos, our crazy alter egos, it's because the shadow's being repressed and we have to let her out. And if you let her out in a safe container in a healthy way, then you can be whole and you don't need these demonic moments of expression, yeah. you know? Like <laughs> But why do we you know why were we drinking or why do people yeah. do, it's because it inhibits us or uninhibits us. Yeah. But it like it releases that. So then then you could go to those parts of yourself that you naturally are suppressing in your day to day, consciously suppressing in your day to day or unconsciously suppressing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So all this these emotions that I never dealt with yeah. were raging, like rage and anger and just like like being mean, we're coming out yeah. when I was drunk. How do you totally. how do you work that journey into the workshops that you host now around menstrual cycles? We, it's or all- what? Like either if it's shared with people or if it's just your own personal fuel. Um, I love the work with menstrual cycle awareness because it's all about, it's beca- it ends up being self-love and acceptance because if we're looking at our menstrual cycle, our menstrual cycle, we go through four real phases and those four real phases are going to be made up of different types of like physical needs, emotional needs, energetic, mentally. If you're thinking about how you feel during your premenstrual phase, right? Um, a lot of us go through lots of mood swings. A lot of us are become ir- like irritable and angry and frustrated. But like, hey, when you're practicing menstrual cycle awareness, you're no, you understand why you're going through these feelings. You understand what's going on. What's that emotional turbulence? And you could be more accepting of it versus like, oh, I'm angry. Why am I so angry? Or why am I snappy? And why? And I've got to push through it. You're like, no. You actually hold space for yourself to feel that way, you're more compassionate to yourself. You give yourself opportunity to rest and nourish yourself with the foods you need and sleep more and just take care of yourself. Like that to me is a beautiful practice of self-acceptance that we could use in our cycles and in our day-to-day so like it's like that shadow side like a premenstrual phase might be our shadow sides and mm-hmm. it like and, and in, in many ways it is i call it the spotlight phase because 
in our premenstrual phase, everything that's going on, like so our hormones are are progesterone is is starting right before we're about to bleed our progesterone is really really low our estrogen is really low our hormones are at their lowest or just about to get to their lowest when you bleed and our immune system is really low so we're fatigued we're tired it's almost like being drunk in the sense that you don't have time for pleasantries you don't have the extra energy to make sure that everybody else is okay. This is like your self-preservation. You only have a certain amount of energy. How are you going to use it? And you may recognize, this is what I encourage when people are practicing menstrual cycle awareness, notice the things that come up in your PMS, your premenstrual phase. Because very often, more often than not, it's the same themes that are coming up. The same issues are coming up. So these are things that we might are, we might not be addressing when we're in our ovulation phase, when we've got tons of energy and like we love the world and I could do everything. We're in our like superhero pose or like superhero phase. I got the, I could do it. I don't care if I'm not, you know, and we're not being true to ourselves. Sometimes we say yes to things that we don't really want to say yes to in our premenstrual phase you're going to be so true to what it is. Our bodies don't let us lie to ourselves, essentially. Body is boss. Like, we could lie to ourselves as much as we want in our mind, but our body is going to be like, yeah, no. It's like, take a look at this, address it, pay attention. And we've talked about that. Instead Mm -hmm. of blocking out those triggers or feeling silly or, oh, I'm just PMSing, I know my, you know, I'm I'm, I'm more picky, I'm more sensitive. Pay attention. I love that you call it a spotlight phase. I think that that sometimes we need just that reframing, just a little bit of different lingo. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's my spotlight phase. It's not something that I'm trying to resist. I love that. And, um, and that, you know, we've all gone through that either on a monthly basis or through phases in our life, again, Mm. cyclical, if we've been, if we're going through a heartbreak or any kind of loss or any kind of potential trauma, your cup is not full. And, that's when you feel depleted, you know, and I, I remember through hard life periods in mine, I, I, I remember telling my girlfriends, like, guys, I just, I'm sorry, I can't be as engaged in your life. I, I can't ask you about your love life and your, what'd you make for dinner? Like, oh, what cute little date did you go on? I, I'm like, I am low. Like I, I need that push, you know, the person pushing the car, like, give me that little nudge push it and then I can roll. But, um, but it's important for us to honor that and fill our own cup first. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful practice of acknowledging that mm-hmm. and asking for the support and, and creating those healthy boundaries of like, I won't be um, available to you as much as I can. Cause you can like, feel bitchy. You can feel <laughs> yeah. bitchy to say, okay, I'm just not asking. Like I know I normally, and what, you know, can we wear like a friggin' t-shirt? I know. I was just saying, I wish there was this, like this thing you could have on your phone that like automatically sends out a message when people try to call or text you and it's like your week that yes. you don't want to be like, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable this week. Like, don't try to contact me. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Can you know? we please do that? They have it Seriously. for driving. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We need it for PMS. Like I'm just not available please don't take offense like I'm taking care of myself right now but this is why <laughs> I do what I do yeah. and that's why we're talking about this because when we do start talking about it more openly we break the stigma we break we shatter the taboo the taboo around uh, menstruation bleeding PMS because PMS is like this thing that has a really negative connotation but I love that phase because that phase teaches me so much when I know when I'm listening to my needs when I'm taking care of myself when I'm honoring my Mm -hmm. energy and being true to myself that during the PMS phase or my premenstrual phase or inner fall things are much smoother when I am not listening to that and taking not taking care of myself things are really rocky so if I see that I've had a really rough premenstrual phase it's like, okay, what do I need to tune into? What do I need to nurture more? It's a lesson. I love it. And so like you could talk about it. And like the more you talk about it with your friends and say like, actually, I'm going through like, it's a pretty crub- crummy next few days, or I know I'm feeling really low in energy and setting that healthy boundary, it just becomes a norm. And yeah. people are not going to take it personally anymore. It's like, yeah. okay, she needs time for herself. That's great. It's, it's a menstrual roadmap, you know, to understand how to navigate. And I don't know about, 
YouTube, but I'm really bad at reading maps. <laughs> I've got my phone. I'm like, which way is the arrow pointing? I don't know. I just feel sometimes like my brain is not wired that way. But I really, I, I love the idea of this as a menstrual roadmap and to understand where you are on the map. And maybe you have to turn yourself around or maybe you're accidentally going up the wrong way street, you know, the one way. Okay, turn around, get the tow truck. But, um, but, but I love just, again, that reframing of your cycle. I think that that's such a powerful message. So I'm just, I'm so happy and to be talking. About yeah, it. no. And I think that's it. It's, it's, um, celebrating it, you know, mm -hmm. being that's excited, being involved in it, not just being like, Oh, it's this thing I have to put up with because that's the marketing around it. Even, you know, like we, even when we're, when we're teenagers and we first get our period, like it's this scary thing that we don't talk about and we have so much shame. And then like, now we're like, wait, this is messages. Like our body is constantly talking to us even in terms of food, as you're saying, like, oh, maybe I haven't been eating the way that I need to be eating so that my body's like an optimal exactly. health, you know? So our body's telling us that in the PMS, you, you know that, you see. Our body, so our menstrual cycle has actually been considered now a fifth vital sign. So this is like in the medical system. This is huge. So if you're thinking of your vital signs, you have your blood pressure, your heart rate, your respiratory rate, and your temperature, your breath rate and your 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 body uh, body temperature right did i say all four yeah yeah okay so now the i saw four fingers i'm lost heart, no, heart, just joking. <laughs> heart rate blood yeah, pressure respiratory and body temperature yes i said all four and now so that's i mean this is what the, we're gonna check to see check your vitals like are you doing all right what's your house what's your what's going on in your health uh what's going on in your health so now we're actually checking in on our menstrual cycle. So if you go see a doctor, I mean, they don't, they're not super holistic or comprehensive about it, but you might reckon, start recognizing that they're asking, like, how's your period? How's your menstrual cycle? When's the last time you had your period? Because our period, how we bleed, how often we bleed, what color the blood is, uh, the if we're having pains, if we're having a heavy period, all these things are messages to us our body is literally communicating to us each and every single month it's like your report card of like hey how am i doing it's your inner window to your health to figure out what's going on so that when we are missing periods consecutively like oh hey something's going on or if we struggle really severe pain those symptoms are messages from our body and the thing is because we have not been taught about our menstrual cycle because we've been taught that it's gross and icky and disgusting and like we should feel shame around it. We've disconnected ourselves from it. So we don't know how to listen to the messages of our body and we only listen when it screams, like when you're having severe cramps or you're having like all this, you're, or crazy mood swings and all those things that are going on. But really, if we learn to slow down, if we learn, and this is what I, what I teach, is like how do we reconnect to our body and understand our body and listen Listen to its messages so you could hear it before it screams. Mm. What's um what's one thing you said, you know, we don't learn about our bodies. What's one thing that you wish that more women oh, knew? God. By doing this work, I'm sure there's like a million there's things a million that have things. come up. <laughs> but if there's like one simple one. I wish that women knew that you are that we are not meant to be living at five hundred percent every single day of our cycle. Okay, we, our society is very yang obsessed. Our society is always, it's a, it's a, it's a male society, right? It's like, go, go, go. Uh, how much are you producing? What are you doing? We're not encouraged to slow down. We're not encouraged to rest. We're not encouraged to take care of ourselves. And the days that we do nothing, we feel like, oh my goodness, I haven't so been productive. Guilty. Yes, so shame, guilty. I've guilt. been working so hard on that. So... Yeah. The thing is, our cycle is a beautiful reminder to slow down because our cycle goes through different energetic phases. And I compare them, and I'm not the only one who compares them in this in this field, but we compare them to seasons. Like think mm. about the seasons in nature, right? So you have our period when we're in our menstrual phase is like your inner winter. Everything, you know, how do you feel when you have your period? You want to hibernate, you want to cocoon, you want to eat warming foods, like you just want to be cozy. Then when you're moving into your pre-ovulation phase, that's spring. So think about it. You've rested, you've hibernated, all right? And now you're like, the sun is starting to shine. The buds, like 
plants are the, or the plants are blossoming or are budding. You're getting like this new growth, and that's what's happening internally into your body. Your body, like the eggs, are starting to be stimulated and starting to mature. So all this growth is happening inside mm. you. Then you shift into your ovulation phase, which we compare to inner summer. And how do you feel in inner summer? You have tons of energy. You're like, you're outwards. You want to be social. You want to be like connecting with people. You're magnetic. What's happening inside our body here? Our hormones are at their highest level. We're like our estrogen is at its highest. You're peaking. You're, you're most fertile. Your cervical fluids are like the most abundant. So all of this is happening. So it makes sense that this is where you're connecting with other people. And then you go down from your inner summer, you're going into fall, inner fall, you're starting to shift from that yang energy, like all this, like doing, 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 and you're slowly going into more yin energy where you're starting to withdraw to where, you know, think about like your big cozy sweaters and like wanting to, again, maybe not spend so much time with lots of people externally, but spend time maybe one-on-one or people who really nourish you and you slurt and it's, and you're preparing yourself for that next cycle. So the reason why I went through those four seasons or those four phases is to have women understand that you're not supposed to be in ovulation phase every single day of the month. It's not sustainable. This is where we burn out. This is where we get disconnected. This is where our body starts showing us that we need to slow down through all the PMS symptoms, you know, the pain, the cramping, the 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 bloating, all these things that are the mood swings. They're showing up because they're like, hey, you, you're not resting. You're not taking care of yourself. You need to to eat better, learn how to manage your stress, make sure you're moving your body, make sure you're sleeping. Sleep is a huge one. All these lifestyle factors that we might be pushing aside. When we rest during our menstrual cycle, that's the time where it's the most like you get your rest during a menstrual cycle is the most efficient time for you to rest. If you're resting and taking care of yourself and like doing nothing, even for a day, even for four hours, that's going to change the rest of your cycle. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about this is honoring where you are will fuel you for what's to come. Yes. And I, you know, I just, and it, and it's so deeply rooted in terms of the linear kind of man world versus it's, you know, and it's something that I know um, Sabrina's very fueled by with her work. And I, you know, I, I dabble in, but now it's really like, it, it makes sense. And yes, of course you can't, you know, call in sick to work all the time, but you can just in terms of how we're constructed as societies. Um, I remember back in the day when we were little kids, you would, uh, you would do an art project, you know, and you would take a piece of paper and you would, it would be, it would be divided into four and you would do the pictures of the trees for each season, right? A little budding snowflake, etc. And I just, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait like <laughs> I always, I always talk about my nieces, but I can't wait to kind of yes. one day kind of teach them that. Oh, I can't wait to throw a party right? for my nieces when they get their period. I'm going to be like, this is going to be fun. And you're going to learn about yes. how powerful and magical you exactly. are. And I'm going to make it so different than my experience was. So different. Totally shifting the perspective yeah. because that's the thing we haven't been taught and we've been shamed around it and oh. more about this is a celebration. Our bodies are incredible. Our bodies are so intelligent and wise. They, t- they every month they're, they're teaching us something. And I love, cause sometimes we often think of our periods as of course, when we have our period mm. and maybe before, but then we can tap out versus constantly being in that cycle, like a wheel turning, you're constantly in it. Where are you in it? And I know that some, you know, pills are the shape of a circle. So you see where you are. Um, but I think a lot of people even take the pill a little bit autopilot or for acne or for a bajillion other reasons versus... That's like, a huge thing. Well, because there's a few things that you said what that it's I'm just like, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because, go. okay, so yes, we're cyclic beings. We're part of nature, and like we're we're comparing the phases to nature, but we can't think of ourselves as separate as nature. We're we intricately, nature. yeah, we are yeah. nature. We're yeah. not. We're affected by the moon. We're affected by the seasons. We are. We are part of nature. We're not separate. 
So when you start to honor that and move through the energetic phases, you realize that you can't you can't compartmentalize, compartmentalize <laughs> I those phases. That. You know, like whatever you're doing in your inner winter is going to impact what's going on in your inner spring and ovulation and fall. So it's all links up. They all build up on one another. And what's happening in our society is that a lot of times because it's such a linear thing or we want like a we want a like one pill, we want a solution. Like, hey, I've got terrible acne or I've got really bad period pains. What happens? You go to a doctor and most often times than not, they're going to just write up a script for hormonal birth control pills. Hormonal birth control pills, I think was really pivotal in the you know 50s 60s when it came out for family planning for women to have a choice like I stand by that like women yeah. can have a choice to how if they want to get pregnant or not want to get pregnant however not much has changed in birth controls and there's so many side effects for it and my main thing is like having women understand what it means to be on the pill and what that does to your body and then you make the choice having really an informed choice because when you're on the pill, it's actually suppressing all your hormones. You're not ovulating. You're not ovulating. You're not having a real period. You're taking synthetic hormones that are not like your real hormones. So you're literally pressing pause on everything that's happening in your body. So if you show up to the doctor because you have irregular periods or you're in so much pain... You're just masking that. When you get off the pill, it's going to be still going to be there. Whatever issue you showed up for, your, if it's acne, you're going to stop taking a pill. You're probably going to even get it worse afterwards because we're not addressing the core issue. We're just putting band-aids over the symptoms. I'm just imagining trying to repress winter. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be done, you know? <laughs> and yeah, so I, and on, on coming back to the stigma no man is born with, okay, no, I, I retract that. <laughs> I, I, generalized that how men are born often don't come with that inherent stigma. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to live your life as a woman. And at some point this is going to happen. It's going to be taboo, stigmatized. Yeah. A man, you know, unless it depends on, of course, potential cultural gender yeah. choices etc but i'm talking just um, biology yeah, you yeah. know um that how how it's just such a divide and that already divides our it, world's population yeah. is is kind of being born into this future stigma and the more we can do now for our young generations for ourselves now as women like if, as women as humans who bleed to just even if you're like I'm 39 years old I started getting into this a few years ago and I was like how did I not know this before why was I not taught this so this is shifting my experience but yes for young girls when they're just imagine your first period and you don't think it's not it's not shameful and you're celebrating it and you're showing how amazing this is what's going on in your body and what your body is capable of because we bleed for like 20 30 years of her life. And that's the thing that freaks me out the most. It's like how much we do not know about our cycles. I know. It's and and it's I like just, I want, 30 years I want, life. I want to have the topic of, I want to have this discussion with men. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's Young happening. Young men are, you know, yeah. every age, like really get real. Oh, uh, I can't even believe that like people, like men still like cringe when we talk about our periods. Like I talk about my period in front of whoever, whatever. And Good. I'm like, if you're uncomfortable, like we need to talk about this more. Well, you know? More than half the population yeah. are women and yeah, we bleed. Like, so seriously. Like, grow up. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about your workshop called Blood Magic? I yeah. want to hear all about it. I love it. This is totally <laughs> my baby right now. Um, so yes, so I, I host a a workshop series called Blood Magic. It's based and it comes along in five weeks. And each week we're unpacking the different phases of our cycle. And we're looking at all the things about like, how do I, to A, how do I understand my body? So body literacy is a big thing for me. I want to educate women of like, exactly what we just said, most women don't know anything about their cycles. So my job, my mission is to get people to know what is going on. Once you have this knowledge, this is where you're empowered to make your decisions. So, 
you know what's going on. You're learning how to understand your body, to connect to it and see what kind of things you need to support your body. So we talked a little bit about like the types of food to eat, your lifestyle, um, slowing down, inviting more yin energy in your life because like it or not, we're living in this yang obsessed world. But when we could start to learn how to slow down, how to practice meditation, yoga, um, um, breath work, journaling, self-love, self-care practices, we start to tune in and reconnect to our body. And um, like yoga in itself is that connection between the body and the mind. But can we do that with this framework or this background of menstrual cycle awareness specifically for people who bleed so that they have this beautiful tool or practice that they could incorporate literally every day of their lives, not just when they're bleeding, not just when they're in pain, but you check in all the time. And so these five weeks are really about unpacking all of that. And like our first week is really juicy is because we're we're looking at our ancestral trauma and history we look at like witchcraft we look at like what is your period story what's the stigma behind all of that and because a lot of time because we've been taught that this is gross and dirty or whatever we ourselves are feeling not so great about our period or we have a story behind it or we have something like a shadow behind it so like can we break through all of that and like celebrate our cycle and that's what it is it's five weeks of learning how to connect to your body, how to reclaim your body, and how to celebrate your cycle. I love that you do the shadow work at the beginning that, and yeah. everyone shares their yeah. stories because it really is like, I think there's a probably like resistance to that, but it's so valuable to actually like look at your story. Like what is your period story? Cause like that's your what, foundation. Yeah. And like, uh, cause we don't even realize like how ingrained that is and how much that's dictating like the way that we relate to our bodies and our sexuality and the way that we engage in the world. Like it's all connect- like, that's such a huge part of it that we're just like, no, I don't want to look at it cause it's icky. Ah, that's incredible. I love it. And so you have like yoga and breathwork like adapted to each cycle? Adapted Uh, to each phase. Each phase, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so cool. So like, yeah, when we're in inner winter, we're doing restorative classes Mm. and like yummy, like slowing down and holding yourself. If you're, when we're in spring, um, spring or inner summer, so ovulation phase, we're doing more active practices, but then also looking at ways because when we're in those phases, we often, because we have lots of energy, we might disperse our energy everywhere. So like drying in practices where we have a focus Mm. so that we're not dispersed at the end of that phase. And I I know that we love getting into um, ancestor stuff, you know, and really honoring where we came from, not just from our mother, but from, you know, generations, generations. And it's so related to, gosh, a taboo and this, this kind of religion and culture and how in so many religions having your period is seen as impure and unclean for that time that you have it and then that will obviously lead for to girls to have misconceptions about what their period is what it means there's even you know strict rules right that govern i mean i i i'm in by no means a you know a professional over this but i was interested so i started to dive into it and you know some cultures and religions even have something called a menstruation hut and I was, I was just kind of daydreaming about it. And I was like, it's kind of like the man cave, you know, which is celebrated. You're like, go down to the man cave and have some beer and talk about cars and have your posters of girls. And we have this menstruation hut, which some places it was even the cattle shed. And so when you have, when you have your period, you cannot even have contact with certain men, with, with men. You're not even supposed to touch the Bible. You're not even, you know, when you have when you're impure during that phase, that is just like, I don't even know. I just, I, my mind, it's not blown because I really do appreciate the differences that, uh, of the world and where we all come from. But it's, it just seems like this complete hypocritical divide, right? Is that we need that for life. And yet you're asked to sleep in the cattle shed when you have it. And I know that that's why I I know um, somebody who has a couple little girls and that's why they have an issue with raising their girls in the church because of, you know, who can become a priest. And historically for Christianity, I mean, the, the history of menstrual taboo 
was a major reason for keeping women from positions of authority. So just, it's such a loaded, loaded, loaded topic. It's speaking of ancestors that goes back way back. So maybe if you're born here today and you're not very religious, well, maybe your ancestors were, and maybe they had to sleep in the friggin' cattle shed and you're still holding on to that. <laughs> it's interesting because some cultures like, a lot of the cultures, at least, and even within our culture now, North American or whatever you want to call it, Western cultures, will we are shamed, and we there is a big taboo about it, and it is considered something that's dirty or that yeah you need to like just ignore or just keep like sticking a tampon and keep living your life like let's just ignore it, deny it, suppress it. But a lot of like the indigenous cultures and communities. Yeah would tune in and like actually seek guidance from women when they're in their premenstrual phase and menstrual phase because this is the time where we're highly intuitive. Yes. So you're looking at all the different phases. Each phase has really beautiful qualities and lessons. And this these phases is where we are closest to our highest self or we're most connected during this phase. And if you you like I invite any everybody who's listening, when you're in this phase, write down your dreams (laughs) notice what's going on in your dreams we have crazy vivid dreams during this time practice meditation spend time sitting and and just being okay practice meditation mindfulness things are going to come in you're going to get downloads this is a time where you get visions where clarity comes in it's not the time to act you know think about it you're in in winter this is your time to rest deep radical care like self-care and radical rest but take in those downloads because they and they they realize women's powers during this time and the women's powers during this time is where the whole community will connect, listen to them. So it's like, how do we guide the rest of the community? Connecting to them during this time in their cycle. So the women would gather at the time of the new moon in this beautiful tent. And it's time of sharing, of supporting, of massaging, of like holding each other and sharing the stories and the wisdom. And that's where women would go to give birth. Like these are the medicine women. These are the healers. This is the time. So it was. And think about it. Like you're literally pressing pause on your outside worldly obligations to take care of yourself and rest. We need to bring back cyclical living. (laughs) That's that's the thing. And I've been trying to do that. Like I have the luxury in a sense of being able to make my own schedule Mm -hmm. and this and that. And I've been trying like since like 2020, that's been my goal is to be like, okay, like stop fighting your body. Like stop fighting and trying to like beat yourself into this productive mode. You know, like I was launching my new platform and doing all these things and I have all these ideas and I'm like, go, go, go. And it's like, no, it's winter. Everything is dead outside. Like your body's telling you to calm down. And especially in that phase, it's like trust nature, like trust the cycles, you know? And it's so hard because it's been ingrained. I was like you, like when I was young, like I was shunning the feminine, like not into it, thinking it was weak, weak, weak. And it's crazy. Like how, Ah, like how difficult it is to get there. What what helped you kind of make that shift? And like, do you have any tips it's, around that? Like other than, yeah, it's like small baby steps. Yeah, I'm it's, sure, it's, but, I mean, it's a practice, right? Yeah. Honestly, I would, I would, the biggest takeaway is like start, have a period journal. All right. So every day you just notice like, hey, what day am I on? What cycle, what phase of my cycle am I on? And then you just check in like, how am I feeling? How's like physically, emotionally, spiritually, and then like, what do I need? You know, I love the question of like, what is the one thing I could do for myself today? Or you could even think of it really, really big of like, uh, what would I really, really, really need? And it might be, you know, um, a trip to Mexico and going to silent meditation retreat. And if you can't do that, <laughs> when do we leave? <laughs> and if you can't do that, it's like, what's my 1%? So like, what can I, maybe it's sleeping in for an extra 20 minutes. Maybe it's just lounging on the sofa and doing nothing and not feeling guilty about it. But it is a challenge. Like Sabrina, I'm even with all that I know and what I teach and everything, there's so many times when I'm just like, all right, I know I need to rest and I'm tired. And then I'm just like, oh, I could maybe answer some emails or maybe I could, I like, I know. And you just need to like, and then it gets easier. It gets easier to rest and restore. But because when you do rest, you're going to feel so much better. And we, and and then when you are in your manifestation or manifesting phase of ovulation, you're going to get stuff done. Yeah. It's going to flow. You don't need 28 and 30 days to do it. You need those five days. That's so true. And you're going to kick it. That's it. That's I, and when you do honor that, you feel really proud and just mm. really 
you know, it's hard to put a word on how that fuels how you're living your life because you're like, I'm taking care of me. I'm prioritizing me even in the smallest way, like you're saying. And it does relate, I feel like, to this almost like a a living meditation in that you are living in a state of presence. You are trying to accept that you are exactly where you need to be. You're trying to let things flow and not overly control mm-hmm. any outcome. And, um, and so that's just a nice, I, I, I love that menstrual, idea. Yeah. Menstrual cycle awareness is like the most profound mindfulness practice that women can incorporate into their lives. Once you have that, that's guiding. It's your background there. And, and how often, well, I know for me personally, sometimes it can feel like a monthly midlife crisis, <laughs> right? Or you're like, what am I doing in my job and my this and my that? And you're, you know, everything's like, oh, I got to change everything. And, and, and kind of being shook to potentially your identity in this crazy way. <laughs> and then it's just a reminder that to try to work hard at defining your identity around things that are inside of you and not outside of you. Um, And I don't know about you, if you've had, you must've had a bit of an identity shift, giving up more of a kind of government health position towards a holistic health, uh, you know, approach and, following your, because I know that you had lived in Australia for years and you had worked in hospitals, right? And then you completely shifted. And according to what you had built up in your own mind and your own construct, Stella was that person who was doing that thing in the hospitals with those demographics or populations. And then to, to change that, that must have been an identity shift. Huge, huge. I had, um, it was difficult because exactly, I've attached myself to the, I have a master's in public health and I work with indigenous communities and I work to do, uh, like to improve access to healthcare. Like there was like the sense of importance of like this work that I'm doing for the world and serving the world or whatever. And then you had to step back and be like, oh, hey, all right, okay, I'm teaching yoga. And I think there's a reason that I didn't get into this menstrual cycle awareness and become a menstrual cycle educator until the time, again, like we said, like everything happens for a reason. Now I had to go through a journey of yoga so that I could reconnect to myself, that I could heal myself, that I could work on coming back to my feminine because I had lost that. Now that I'm more connected to my feminine and it's on an ongoing journey, it's not never like, boom, absolute, it's done. But now that I'm reconnected to my feminine, I'm not so attached to those identities and that role of who I am or whatever, because you let go of that. And that's like you let go of these ideas of what you should be, who you should be, what you're what you're labeled as, because it doesn't really matter because all of that is impermanent. It's going to change. It's going to change like the way we if we get attached to what we look like, or if we get attached to our job or our title, like things change. We could lose our job we could lose our house we could like letting go of all of that this detachment coming back to your heart and your yourself everything else doesn't matter and then because i had to go through that journey that's really hard and and that's to connect to the women now yeah and I, i love that you said that because i think we have a lot of guilt and shame about taking care of ourselves and healing ourselves but you can't serve properly and deeply in the way that we want to if we haven't healed ourselves first so there actually is no shame in doing that it's like that's actually our gift to the world is taking care of ourselves it's an empowering message for women's day is to come back to yourself come back to your heart and your cycles and that's how you're going to empower yourself is by letting go of whatever else was built up around you and in your head. And now, so you went from public health to holistic health. Is there, is there a bridge? Do you, or is there anything that drives you in terms of, let's say, bringing girls access to health products somewhere in the world? Yeah. I mean, that I, I love those ideas. Ending that, peri- peri- yeah, period yeah. poverty. So looking at Ending that. Ending period poverty. Yeah, it's considered period poverty. And that happens even here in Montreal of women not having the financial yeah. means to to get sanitary products yeah. and like we should all be able to bleed in a healthy and clean hygienic way so you're working on this, this is yeah this is like background next phases um, yes. i mean and and not only next phases but like in conjunction with the work that i'm doing mm-hmm. um 
the overlap with the work that I'm doing now is because it's yeah, we are practicing mindfulness. We do yoga, we do meditation, we do breath work, we do all of that. But the big core, another element, is like it's complementary is body literacy, and that's where my health promotion background comes from. That's where my 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 public health background comes in because I'm educating people about their bodies, and that comes from my science background and this public health background. So I'm merging the two of body literacy and mindfulness and this is going to give you the information and the knowledge that you need to go out into the world and celebrate your cycle in a way that makes you thrive in all different elements of your life how you work how you show up with your your in your relationships with your friends with your family how you show up for yourself this is like such a beautiful practice of self-love it's so beautiful. Two things. It's so beautiful <laughs> that you're like merging. It's basically merging the, the masculine and the feminine to find that balance, right? That like Science, scientific, like research. literal research. Yeah. And then the like very like nourishing, reflective, mm. like spiritual side of it. I love that. And you said self-love. So I wanted mm. to ask you, what is your favorite self-love practice? What has helped you on your journey the most? Something that you still do? Yeah. Okay. So... Thinking about like, so for me, self-love is accepting everything, all the, all the stuff, right? Like all the shadow side and, but practically like, what does that mean? You know, cause you could say like, all right, I need to accept myself fully. Great. But practically my thing is that keeping my promises to myself, that is a really big, like a really like small, but also huge way for me to show up for myself and love myself. Like if I tell myself that I am going to ensure that I go spend more time in nature during a certain phase of my cycle, or I'm going to set boundaries and like start saying no around things that don't like align fully with me or deplete me of my energy. Those promises that I make to myself when I keep them, that is my self-love work. That is my like showing up for myself. And, and once I get to trust myself that I could do it, then I could trust like how everything else is going to unfold um yeah that i so now i've cried twice (laughs) there we go we met we met our quota we made men cry i just it's so powerful because it's even you know really honoring your word for you and so often we like to stand tall in the idea that we we're, uh, you know, well, the 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 saying is a man of his word, you know, a woman of her word. And for others, right? I say I'm going to do this for someone and I'm going to do it for that person. But to do it for yourself, Stella. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I That's 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 incredible. I, I love that because I know that that will inspire others. It's I'm I'm sitting here very inspired by that. So thank you for that. So. Tell us, what's next for you? Where do you envision taking this? Uh, so um, I am going to be building the blood magic because right now blood magic is being offered to people who live in Montreal because the workshop in-person stuff. So I want to be able, I'm going to be creating an online course for blood magic so that women all over the world could tap into the super important information and get empowered and learn how to live cyclically. So blood magic is going to be offered online in this year. I'm actually going to Mexico next week and I've rented myself a little cottage by the beach and this is where I'm going to be recording the courses. So that's very exciting. Yay, congratulations. That's super exciting. Um, So yeah, keep on doing that. Looking at working with period poverty, working with younger girls. Like that's my idea. Like right now I'm working with women and I want to continue working with women. But then also another offshoot of that is working with mothers and daughters and like how they could incorporate and teach their daughters about their cycle so that it doesn't need to be this big traumatic event and they could grow up from like day one of getting their period and learn how to live in tune and in harmony with your cycle and not against it it'll save so much like it'll be huge yeah huge life-changing any any age is so important and i've thought about um the older end of the spectrum how having your period can be also related to desirability fertility beautiful you know beauty and then when you lose your period how you still feel connected to your 
beauty, your feminine worth, how it's, I imagine, can feel very scary or shameful, um, even the way that you feel like you're looking at yourself in the mirror, not only am I turning heads in the supermarket, you know? Um, so I just... I, I, it's having your period is so related to so many other topics and ideas that women have to live through and navigate. And one of them is that, you know, desirability and, and beauty. And I, I would love to then, you know, another time come mm. back to this topic with yeah. somebody who's even gone through menopause and their experience of not getting their period anymore and what that meant to them as a woman or, you know, yeah. that those, those ideas. I love that. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that could be a complete, we could talk about that yeah. for another yeah. hour. Yeah. Yes, Age, beauty sure. and periods. And yeah. even like looking at fertility, like, because we often look, we think about our periods of like exactly one to get pregnant but not every woman has a baby not every woman wants to have a child and it's more than just creating a human which is i mean is what creates life right but also our own creations our own projects our own passions that we put into the world and birth into the world as as women you know they're looking at that and then that transition in the transition into menopause is also another phase that is often ignored and not talked about and like oh she's just going crazy she's going through menopause crazy hormones it's like well actually there's actually really horm big hormonal shifts happening and how can women be know how to support themselves again with diet with lifestyle with with self-care practices huge things that will help a woman transition to that next phase of their life every time you honor yourself you're filling you're filling your cup exactly and the cup runneth over. <laughs> so I think, yeah, thank you, um, Stella. Tell us where people oh. can connect with oh, you. Because yes. um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want, and your Instagram is incredible. It's, there's so much information. I'm always like so inspired whenever I read your stuff. So Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can connect with me on Instagram. So it's stellar underscore yoga, S-T-E-L-L-A-R underscore yoga. Um, and also on Facebook, which is stellar yoga MTL. I'm working on the website. So we've had this conversation, <laughs> yeah. Sabrina. Yeah. And um, I would really encourage people, if you're on Instagram, you could just go on and sign up for my newsletter because that's where you get, I send out monthly tips about all this menstrual cycle awareness and mindfulness practices. That's where you're going to get exclusive offers to when things are coming out, when the Blood Magic online course is there. So you can really follow this journey. And um, yeah, and on those feeds, you get, a, I share lots of information so that even if you're not living in Montreal, you could get, um, get inspired to live cyclically. I know that we're in this little podcast studio in Montreal, but I really see you having a worldwide impact. And, you know, that documentary, the period, end of the sentence, right, about the Indian community re leading that quiet sexual revolution and how by, by learning how to make their sanitary products, they were empowering themselves and giving knowledge to their community. And I really just... I see you getting out and out and out there and I'm just so excited to be part of this with you and that Bed Talks is part of your you. journey that's really going to reach, you know, beyond. So thank you, Stella. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank you for talking about periods. <laughs> I know. Yes. Necessary. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in, hanging out and being part of this self-love journey with us. We're in this together. Self-compassion is a practice, but through embracing your whole self, you pave the way for so much growth. Using our voices and connecting through our stories empowers us and each other. Be part of the movement and spread the word by screenshotting this episode, sharing it on Instagram, and tagging at Bed Talks the Podcast. You can also rate, subscribe, and leave us a review on iTunes. We love hearing from you. Bed Talks is a WRG media production recorded in the historic RCA building in St. Henry, Montreal. See you next time for more Bed Talks with your girls, Megan Sabrina.